Hey, what's up, stay tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best, Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. True good friend Jimbo here, back after a eventful NFL draft last week. Um, I liked some of my Eagles picks. Um, got the guy I wanted. Um... Some storylines coming out of there as well, but we're gonna we're gonna touch all that um, in a little bit. Plus some UFC fights this weekend, so I'll give my combat corner booth picks. Uh, but head over to StayTunedSports.net to follow all of our social media accounts, which is on the right hand side there. Our Twitter accounts, our Facebook account, all that stuff, so you can get the uh, you know most up to date information about stay tuned sports and on the webpage as well up on the top there is our merch tab for any t-shirts that you want to buy or hats or um even a hoodie even though i know it's getting warmer out but here in pennsylvania i i heard the weather yesterday that they're talking about a couple snowflakes possibly thursday or friday so here it's may and still talk of snow never understand it but uh so before we get into the nfl talk um, last Friday was the Podgo 250, or I'm sorry, 225, over at the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series on um, 3Y TV over on YouTube. And the Stay Tuned Sports Truck is finally in the win column with James Lorello picking up the win. Um, and it turns out that, you know, I, I, I usually stick around to listen to the top three guys when they interview him and I didn't message James earlier in the day Friday like I normally do you know good luck or you know whatnot and maybe that's why you know uh, first week I think he got a top 10 and then the second week he won the poll but he, he went for the, the butt kicker challenge which is whoever wins the poll has the chance of dropping back to the end of the pack to try to win the race and win some extra dough, some cash. Well, he tried that and got caught up in a couple of the, the wrecks that happened and, you know, had a bad race there. But bounced back this past week, winning the Podgo 225 at Martinsville. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> talk about cautions. Um, going into it, a lot of the racers knew it was going to be a tough race just because it's a, it's a tricky track to begin with. And I, I believe it was maybe about 20 laps in, I finally put out in the, the chat on the, the YouTube uh, page there, um, what's the over-under for 
for Caution's first race, and I think I had it at nine. Well, by time I would say three quarters of the race was over, we had to be up to about 20 Caution's. We pretty much stopped counting how many Caution's were going on. It was it was pretty bad, but it was still a good race, though. That's That's the thing, you know. Yeah, it was a little bit slow because of the cautions, but when when the green flag was out there, you know, it was a very entertaining race. And if you guys have followed um, the Stay Tuned Sports Facebook page or my personal one, uh, you guys would have known that Chris Darling actually designed a autism awareness truck for my son Andrew. And on top of that, he put. Um, his name on the front of the truck, which was really cool. A really, really nice looking truck. Um, so I want to get a quick shout out to him. And, you know, speaking of my oldest watching the race, I mean, there was... He didn't want to watch it with me. He wanted to watch it up in his bedroom, which I was like, you know, fine. I'm pretty sure he dropped a couple F-bombs because there was a couple of times that Chris got uh, in a wreck. And, you know, so I, I, let, I let my son go because, you know, he was really excited about it wants to know when, when next time Chris is going to run it, um, things like that. So he was really excited about that. Um, but like I said, unfortunately for him, uh, James Laurel won, gained a lot of uh, spots as far as the point standings. He's up to fourth in the points. Chris Darling drops down to one spot to the second uh, spot in the points. And Ben Izinga is actually leading the points now. With this week, they're going to Michigan. So make sure you guys tune in to, uh, you know, root on your favorite driver or need some good uh, good laughs because the guys over at 3YTV, they, they put on an entertaining show um, when it comes to commentating, but they also know what they're talking about. You know, it's not just a two Joe Schmoes who don't know what they're talking about type thing. Like, they really know what's going on as far as racing, and they make it interesting with a little laughter there too so as far as my three racers um for this upcoming upcoming uh race to look forward to obviously you guys keep looking at chris darling he's been up there um all year so far through the first three races um james lorello and, and that s2r team they've been really good lately except for the you know like i said that week that James for, for the butt kicker but keep an eye on and I know I, I, I picked him last week but keep an eye on Andrew Himmelman um, I was actually watching him on Monday night I believe it was the TNR league that he races in he has come a long way since um, you know last season when he first started so he's one of my picks to keep an eye out for JT Poole is another one um, but Gotta keep an eye on the points leader, Ben Izinga. So there are my three racers to look out for for this race. Make sure you guys head over there, over to 3YTV. Make sure you subscribe to them. Come join us in the chat. Throw your picks in there. And let's have some fun with, with, with the race. So, like I said, top of the, the show, this past um, week was the NFL Draft. And before I get into like any of the the surprises and, and things like that, I really think they need to change some of the rules as far as the 
the time on the clock because you know for example the Jacksonville Jaguars when they clinched the number one pick in this draft they knew they were taking Trevor Lawrence okay so they knew back in freaking February or, or, or whenever it was official that Trevor Lawrence was going to enter the draft they knew they were going to pick him and they knew draft day someone would have to unload like seven first round draft picks to even take that first round pick away from them why did it take them 10 minutes the full allotted time to make their picks and then the same thing happened with the Jets everybody knew he would, they were taking Zach Wilson and if if um, Jaguars took say Justin Fields or, or Zach Wilson you knew Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jets so that you knew who they were doing so it's like the top like four or five teams you knew who was going where the only, t- the only team I, I believe that was a question mark was the Bengals because they didn't know if they were taking the um, offense tackle or Chase from LSU. Um, and so I, I, it got me thinking, you know, what if for the first round, you know, like just the, the second round and on, I, I think that time is fine. I think, you know, we don't have to change that. But what if the first round, the top 10 picks, instead of taking 10 minutes to pick, it drops it down to you have six minutes to pick your your player or make the trade. And then 11 to 20 would be seven minutes. 21 to 32 would be the, the 10 minutes. It would speed up the process and make the, the draft a lot more enjoyable because first off, it came on at eight. And the first pick or the, the, the Jaguars clock didn't start till 8.30. So the first five picks, I, I think it was when I looked at my clock, took an hour and a half. Like, you know, people want to enjoy the draft and not be like, oh, okay, I'll go play on my phone till it's my pick. And then before you know it, most likely missed your pick because you fell asleep reading a audiobook or something because it takes so long for teams to pick anymore but that's the only thing I, I I would have to bitch about the draft um and it, that's been a couple years now been like that but so I, I wrote down a couple things that I took away from the draft as far as just you know not just the first round but multiple rounds the first thing is the Houston Texans taking a, a quarterback now Am I surprised that they took a quarterback? Yes, but no. Because with everything going on with Deshaun Watson, you know, they, they signed Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor in the offseason. And at uh, number 67, they took Stanford's Davis Mills um, in the third round because they didn't have a, a first or a second uh, this year because of uh, the. Tunsil trade with the Dolphins. Um, so at first, to me, this kind of gives mixed signals. You know, obviously Watson is dead fast that he wants to be out of Houston. But also on the flip side of it, Houston for the longest time said, we're not 
trading you. You know, you're, you're going to be part of this team whether you like it or not. Well, you just drafted basically his replacement because, you know, Taylor's not going to be a franchise quarterback. And maybe this kid can be a franchise quarterback. But also hurts your, you know, if you're the, the Houston Texans, it hurts your chances of trading him because now teams are going to know that, okay, you're, you're kind of showing your cards here that you're probably going to get rid of him. So we're not going to give you a first round pick, you know. So the asking price is gone down. Now, uh, you know, let's just say on the flip side of that, nothing happens with Watson. That all these allegations, you know, come out that they're they're lies or something like that, and Watson's name gets cleared. Well, at least you know you have a, a backup quarterback that you could kind of groom, and maybe you know two years or so and trade him away for a fifth round pick or, or something like that. So it wasn't a bad move, but kind of surprising. Uh, Green Bay, this one wasn't too surprising because of how Green Bay is the past or was the past few uh, seasons in the draft. Didn't get Rodgers any help in the first round in a draft where the first round was loaded with wide receivers. They took a cornerback. Now, earlier in the week, Aaron Rodgers supposedly told a few teammates and front office people that he wants out of Green Bay. And it got so bad, I believe on draft day, that he even said he would consider retirement. Now, if he retires, he would have to pay back $11.5 million this year for this year's salary and $11.5 million for next year's salary. For a guy that probably has three, $400 million in the bank, I think he could afford that. You know, and then after the draft, uh, Rodgers was um, complimenting about one of the, the wide receivers on the team from last year, and Green Bay goes and cuts him. It's like they're forcing Rodgers to be the bad guy. And normally, you know, guys that ask for trades or wants to be cut, I usually go against because, hey, listen, you signed that contract. You said, I will stay here and play until his contract is done. But you know what? Green Bay is not helping him out at all. You know, okay, you got a running game. Devontae Adams is one of the top three, top five wide receivers. But that's it. You know, you double team Devontae Adams. Who else does he have to throw to? No one. No one that, that's really proven. And... This was your chance to definitely find uh, somebody to compliment Devontae Adams and possibly help um, Jordan, what's his name? Jordan Love, I believe, is the backup for when Rodgers does leave. So, yeah, I don't blame Rodgers for wanting to retire. Now, will he? I think in the end, what you're going to see is what we see all the time is a, a contract extension that you know gives Rodgers some hush hush money to just play oops, excuse me just play till he you know is ready to retire or really shows the the the, the, uh, the de- decline oh, I can't talk today <laughs> um, decline in his uh, performance but how he played last year maybe he has a few years left um, 
this next one, uh, I don't know if, if you want to say it's a head scratcher. I mean, this one sounds like Howie Roseman got into the Bengals war room and made the pick, but Bengals not helping out Burrow, even though they kind of did with Chase. But here's the thing. If you have no offensive line, you have no time to throw the ball. And they passed on picking up Sewell for to help that offensive line and, and get Burrow some time. Yes, Burrow wanted Chase there because they're all you know they're good college buddies and that. And yes, Chase will be a probably freak of nature type receiver. But Bengals just cursed Burrow's career. You know, he, he's coming off the ACL ACL injury. It's gonna be tough to come back from that. It always takes about a year, anyways. And yeah, okay, you you, you picked a, a a lineman in I think the third round or so, but the talent level between the first round pick and a third round talent was is huge. So I mean, and a draft that's loaded with receivers. Yeah, okay, you wouldn't be able to find a receiver like Chase in the third round, but you still would get a talented guy. But instead, you chose to roll the dice and hope somehow the the, the line for this year holds up and, and and protects Burrow a little bit better than than last year. Because I mean, he got he got bashed all over the place all year round. I just hope he's not like the next, uh, was David Carr, that his first four seasons he led the league in getting sacked, and before you know it, he was out of the league. And then for the last one, Ravens finally get a receiver. You know, they never, they, it's been a while, I don't want to say never, but it's been a while since they had a quality top notch receiver, and they picked one in the first round. Picking Rashad Bateman at number 27. Now, the big question mark, obviously, is are they going to get away, you know, a little bit away from the, the, the running game that, you know, the offense is based off of? Because Lamar Jackson and that offense, I think I saw something like they were in the bottom, like, third of the uh, league in passing to wide receivers but again that could be because you have receivers much like the Eagles had where they couldn't get separation or they couldn't get downfield well now they have a wide receiver that can be that number one guy to get open and being you have a running game that will also help that wide receiver get open so I think they did the right call here I think they did the right thing by picking the receiver and I'm curious to see how this uh, Ravens team does next year now that they have a quality number one receiver. Now, before we get to my Eagles uh, draft picks, um, they did say on the draft, May 21st will be the schedule release date for all NFL teams. So I'm, I'm excited about that. That way I could start playing and see what games I could go to because... Uh, at least Pennsylvania is going back to 100% capacity Memorial Day weekend. So it sounds like we're going to have fans in the stands come next season for the football season. 
so Philadelphia Eagles the likes from my from the, the, the draft picks that Howie Roseman did finally finally picked the right guy in the first round taking Devontae Smith he fell down to us at number at number 10 a little bit of drama there um we traded up two spots with the Cowboys out of all teams with the Cowboys to beat the Giants from picking Smith. Now, it at the time, everybody believed that the Giants weren't even going to go for Smith. So why did the Eagles trade with the Cowboys? And why did the Cowboys trade with the Eagles? But as the days went by after the draft, it came out that the Giants were actually looking at Smith, wanted to take him, and... Philly luckily got up there, picked him. Um, the reason why Dallas was okay with trading with Philly, a lot of people thought uh, Dallas was going to take a quarter, you know, a quarterback, receiver, something offensive. I believe it was, but in all, they were always going to take the linebacker from Penn State. So by moving up two spots, I'm okay with giving up that third round pick. Um, to move, move up there and you know I, I did a Podbean live thing with the, the draft and you guys should tune in because uh, our buddy Scott Crumb from the the Erska League that races the State Tune Sports uh, car he was in the chat with us and I, I I warned everybody that was there I said you know mute me now because if he doesn't take Smith I'm, I'm throwing my headset so you may hear a lot of cursing and banging and shit but uh definitely was happy with that pick um, and you know what? Even the uh, the second round pick, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. A lot of people have question marks, and rightfully so, because he is coming back from an ACL tear that he sustained in December. But the dude is massive, and he could play center and guard, which is perfect because right now you got Lane Johnson at right tackle. Brandon Brooks, who, when he's healthy, is one of the best right guards out there, but when he's healthy. Jason Kelsey at center. This is his last year. I already said this is it. I'm retiring after this. Um, left guard, we had that uh, Salamalu, or however you say his name. And then uh, Jordan Maitai is our left tackle. Well, now you just drafted a guy that could fill in for Brooks if he gets hurt this year and he's coming back from another Achilles so it's not definite he'll be healthy and he could also fill in for Kelsey when he retires now overall because I have a couple more picks but overall it, the, the Eagles draft I'm actually looking at it and I'm like you know what it, to me I, I believe it's like a B plus okay but if Dickerson could stay healthy and, and prove everybody wrong that he's injury prone and this and that and really shows he's what Philly thinks he could be, this was a, a draft. This was a perfect draft for them. He got the receiver to help out Jalen Hurts, plus it's someone who he's comfortable with, knows. Same thing with Dickerson. So you, they're already putting the, the pieces around Hurts that they never did for Wentz. To make Hertz successful, um, the one pick that I want to bring up, um, I didn't like the the Milton Williams pick, much like Tom Donahue didn't. 
Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw that video. I'm sure you have. But they they picked him, and Harry Roseman's going around fist bumping everybody. And went up to, to Donahue and kind of got dissed a little bit. You could see them arguing a little bit. Well, here Roseman talked about yesterday and said basically Donahue wanted one player, but they decided to drop back a couple spots and pick up an extra draft pick which by the time it was their turn to pick the guy they wanted at the time was gone so I mean I, I could see why Donahue was mad and really I mean I think that was the only pick I did not like from our draft so be you know if it comes out that he's good then hey you know all the better um obviously the one glaring spot that we had going into the draft was cornerback and we finally picked one in like the fifth round it was later in the rounds which was um zach mcpherson if you look at our corners he's most likely going to be a day one starter uh, alongside darius slay i mean he can't be much worse than what we've been putting out there the past couple of years you know so I'm a little excited about that. Hopefully, get to see him during the preseason. See how he he plays. Again, with the whole COVID thing, not sure if they're going to do training camps. Um, and then the other pick that I liked was the running back out of Memphis, Kenneth Gainwell, who potentially could be a third down back. And what I read about him was he screams Darren Sproles. He's good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's quick. He's small, which is a good compliment to Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and, and, and Jordan Howard. You know, so obviously he's going to be fighting with Boston Scott and Howard for playing time there. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, Boston Scott is another tough runner. He's the giant killer, as we all call him. Jordan Howard, if he could regain how he was playing with the, the championship team with Philly could be a good pickup, but he never really, you know, we re-signed him last season, but never really got back to where he was. So like I said, overall, I, I liked our draft. It's been a long time since I could say that about a Howie Roseman draft. Um, but, you know, there's out of the whole thing, there's only two question marks, which was Dickerson and Milton Williams. So up next, we have our next segment, which is Combat Corner, which is sponsored by Bet Angles, expert sports betting picks and research tools for only $10. Go to betangles.com. And you might want to do that for this UFC card uh, coming up this weekend, this Saturday, because it actually looks like a pretty good card for a free fight. Um, here's the rundown of the cards. So the, the main event, we have Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson in the women's flyweight division. Welterweight, we have Don Sharoni versus Alex Morano. A lot of drama there um, because originally it was supposed to be Cowboy versus Diego Sanchez, but Sanchez was cut from the UFC late last week after a video came up of his trainer. Um kind of arguing with the UFC commentating team during, uh, I guess, fight uh, fighters meetings or whatnot. So he got cut. 
Morono uh, steps in. In another welterweight bout, we have Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. Heavyweight division, we have Marcos Rogero de Lima versus Maurice Green. Lightweight division, we have Carlos Diego Fiera versus Gregor Gilipsi. And then kicking off the card in the women's strawweight division, Amanda Rebus versus Angela Hill. So, starting with that one, you guys know I like Angela Hill. So, it's hard for me to try to explain why I'm picking her to win against Rebus because I, you know, you guys might be like, well, you're only doing it because you like her. The thing is, with Rebus, hasn't really shown she can handle a tough competition, okay? Mackenzie Dern was up and down at that point when they fought. Um, her last fight with uh, Rebus's last fight got knocked out from top competition. And the thing is, Hill is good at striking. I mean, she's good on the ground too, but she's better at striking. And if Hill could keep it standing, I think she wins this one um, by decision. I don't think this is going to be a, a submission or a knockout. Uh, decision here so I'm going with Angela Hill for that one after them is Carlos Diego Ferreira versus Gregor Gilipsi I'm going for, with Ferreira um, one Gregor hasn't fought in a, a year and a half and the last time he fought was against Kevin Lee with that nasty nasty knockout um, Ferreira just fought this past February and lost by decision so he went the distance with Durish who's a tough son of a bitch okay he's very good on his feet and on the ground so the fact that Jalipsy hasn't fought in a year and a half and not to knock Kevin Lee but lost to Kevin Lee this one may be over by the second round so I'm going with a second round stoppage for Carlos Diego Ferreira. Um, heavyweight division. After them, there we have uh, Delima versus Maurice Green. This one has potential to be the the boring fight of the night or sl like sloppy. You know, um, obviously, anytime you get a heavyweight fight with not top tier fighters, it has potential to be a sloppy fight. Um, but I'm going with Maurice Green here just because Lima is 2-3 and three in his last five. Green isn't good against top competition, but you know Lima is not top competition. So I think he's going to knock him out here. Um, third round. Um, after that fight, we have Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. Out of all the fights, I think this one has potential to be the fight of the night. Um, both are very, very good fighters. But I'm going with Jeff Neal here because he has fought better competition and I think he has a better skill set than Magny. And um, this one, I, I actually do think it's going to uh, go to decision. But this one should be a very good fight to, to watch. If you're looking for it to be a knockout or a submission, I... I I think this is going to be a technical fight and it's going to be enjoyable to watch. Then for the co-main event, which is Don Cerrone versus Alex Morono. Listen, I love Cowboy. I've rooted for him quite some time now. I mean, he's been in the UFC since God, Jesus, I don't know how long it's been now. I mean, years. You know, he was on 
you know, one of the, the very first Ultimate Fighters, you know. But I think he should have retired after his last title run, you know, trying to get that title. I think he's washed up. And I'm not sure if they said this is a, officially a retirement fight, but hopefully it is. I hope he goes out with a win, but I don't think he does. I got Alex Morano winning by knockout just because the past couple of fights um, that Cerrone's been in has been stopped by knockout. Then the main event, um, in the women's flyweight division, Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson. If Neil Magny and Jeff Neal isn't the fight of the night, this one has to be. This one screams it. Um, Waters isn't one of the better strikers. She's you know known for her karate, or I'm sorry, she is one of the better strikers. That's what I meant to say, um, because of her karate. But I'm going with Marina Rodriguez here. Um, I think she's not like the Cowboy Cerrone here, but I think her last run at the title might have been her plateau of her career. I think she still could be um, excited, you know, exciting to watch. But I don't think she's going to pull this win out. I think Morano's going to win it. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say by a stoppage. I'm not going to say decision. I think this one's going to get stopped. But I think this has potential to be a very good fight um, in the end. So those are my combat corner picks, which is sponsored by Bet Angles, expert sports betting picks and research tools for only ten dollars. Go to betangles.com. So, I think that's going to be it for this week, guys. Um, pretty sure you're probably tired of hearing my voice now and me getting warm enough to talk about my Eagles only to probably bash them three weeks into this season. But uh, make sure you head over to staytunesports.net. All our social media accounts is on the right-hand side there. Like, share, follow, whatever you got to do to get those numbers up. And then on the top there is our merch tab for any of your T-shirts or hat or hoodie or whatever we got over there desires so and also make sure you guys tune in this friday over on youtube 3y tv for the stay tuned sports podcast truck series friday 9 p.m eastern time so till next week it's your good friend jimbo signing out